Welcome to the third season of Pop Culture Elevator. You might get off on the wrong floor, but it'll still be the right one. I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. We're going to follow the rabbit down some deeper holes, and we might just make it to Wonderland. That's the adventure we're looking for. We will deep dive into some newer films, but also take a look at some of our older favorites. No movie is too big or too small for us to handle, and hey, we'll even have time to talk about film news and our favorite celebrities. That's why we're the hosts of Pop Culture Elevator. Now let's, let's get, get this show on the road. And passengers, we'd love for you to message us. So if you'd like to, you can reach us at a few different places. Our email is popcultureelevator at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is PCE Podcast. Instagram is at popcultureelevator. Facebook is facebook.com slash popcultureelevator. When Mark and I talk about pop culture, we have a hard time censoring ourselves. So there are spoilers. Some of these spoilers are many years old and some only a few days old. We just want you to know what you're getting into. So if you haven't seen the movie we were talking about, you might want to pause this and watch said film. This is your spoiler warning. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, passengers, to another episode of Pop Culture Elevator. That's right. And as always, today's episode and season three is brought to you by Precise Public Adjusting. If you're having trouble with a property loss claim, give them a call. They'll make sure that your insurance carrier treats you the way that they agreed to. Once again, that's Precise Public Adjusting at 817-992-5040. And let them know that Pop Culture Elevator sent you. Yes, please do. So um, as you passengers know, and I've said it billions of times and they should probably sponsor us by now but i am a big <laughs> fan of a24 yes uh a24 production company they they've done stuff recently like the green knight zola uh these movies that if you haven't seen them yet you should see them i'm trying to get mark to see them uh, oh yeah so in the green knight being one of my favorite movies of this year so far so it's it's very exciting when you get those kind of movies from this this group they did you know hereditary and the lighthouse and the witch and uh it just you know the list goes on and on and on i loved hereditary oh hereditary still screws me up midsummer i mean all these really good flicks that anyway doesn't matter yeah. so a24 just uh put out a documentary on amazon prime and uh, it's Val, right? That's this is what we're reviewing is Val. Yeah. And this is Val Kilmer's life, all from the point of view of Val Kilmer, all from the point of view of a camera he's had since he was young. Which I, which was my favorite thing. Uh, and it made it the most impactful because, you know, he says he was one of the first people he knew to own a video camera. And I really liked that. It was, that was really nice. Yeah, it made it like, uh, like a time capsule because... You know, now everyone has a camera and everyone's shooting everything. But back then, like only like, you know, either fortunate people or people that just dedicated their money to that specifically because they were fascinated by the technology had that. And so to have Val Kilmer like have like literally a vault of videos, um, I just think it made it so cool to like go back and see the time pass through his eyes. And I don't know, it made it super special for me that it wasn't the newest 
video or anything like that. It was from back in our day. Yeah, it was it was kind of a treasure, uh, definitely to see all this footage and just to have that he kept it for all these years and he kept it in, in pretty good condition. I mean, it's still yeah. you know, super eight VHS, all that kind of stuff quality. But like even having uh, these movies that they made when they were younger, like his mm-hmm. his brother. Yeah was directing these movies and writing these movies that they were all in, that there were like these fun, like either they were um, straight up remakes of old movies or like they Jaws, were like, that one was hilarious. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> or they were like movies that they were kind of doing to try to just have fun with it. And it was just really cool to see those little uh, short vignettes of his life of these things that he did. And just seeing this Val Kilmer, who has always been an actor, like always like from his youngest time, you know, up until he couldn't act anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I stay, I say that in the very loosest of terms, can't act anymore. I mean, he was recently just in blunt man or um, Jay and Silent Bob reboot as blunt man, where he didn't have to talk. And he's, right. And he's going to be in um, Top Gun Maverick. So. Well, it's kind of cool. Also, it's a, a weird, you know, if you think about it uh, reference, but you know, like we're, when we were talking about, his role or when he's talking about his role as Batman and the issues he had there, he had his hearing essentially taken away from him. Right. Well, as his role in Batman and Bloatman. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, uh, can't speak. It's like, it's like, Oh man, there's something taken away from you. If you play a Batman like character. Right. Well, I mean, think about like the first Batman begins with Christian Bale. He couldn't, he couldn't move. Yeah, he couldn't turn his head, right? He couldn't turn and his he, head, so he yeah. had to turn his whole body. And that's why if you watch it, you see his whole body turn at people <laughs> instead of his head <laughs> turning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So something I found, just, okay, well, you know what? For the passengers out there who didn't know, Val Kilmer ha- uh, had throat cancer uh, in 20... Not that long ago. Not that long ago. Yeah, I can't remember the exact date. But he got throat cancer. Uh, he he had realized that he had lost his voice. And for like two weeks, it didn't go away or two months or something like that. Something ridiculous. So he finally uh, started coughing up blood and went to the doctor. And the doctor was like, you've got throat cancer. Um, and, and they, you know, they had to put in a mark, you know, better about what it's called. The, the tube in the throat. Oh, uh, it's, it's just a trach tube. Yeah, trach tube. And so he has to speak. He has to plug the tube to speak and then take it off to breathe. And his, his voice is very... Um, it's hard to understand a lot. It's, it's a, the uh, kind of sound. Uh, yeah, basically the smoking commercials. Yeah, uh, that's what he sounded. Yeah, they never tell you you're gonna sound like this. And and you know he doesn't go into details about it. If you go and watch some of the old videos, you see him smoking a lot. So I would say that probably had a big hand. Oh, was he? I I, I didn't realize. There's a lot of smoking, and you know, if you go back and look, I'm guessing that's part of what caused uh, the throat cancer. But you never yeah. know; you can get throat cancer without smoking. So that's true, Kip. Um, but anyway, if you didn't know he has throat cancer, he has throat cancer, and uh, he—that's why you haven't really seen him in much uh, after probably like 2016 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, didn't he also have like a stroke? Uh, I don't uh, think so. Uh, but anyways, sorry about that. But He's yeah, had some health complications. But I say, I told my mom, and my mom was like, oh, what happened to Val Kilmer? I was like, yeah, throat cancer. She's like, oh my God, I never knew. Well, I don't think it was a big, I don't think 
I don't think it was like broadcast a lot because I don't remember hearing this and I'm a, I'm a pop culture whore. So, yeah. you know, it, it, for me, the first time I heard it was when uh, Kevin Smith was filming uh, Jay and Saul Bob reboot. And he talked about getting Val Kilmer and how, you know, Val Kilmer couldn't speak. And I looked into it. And I was like, oh, my God, he has throat cancer. I didn't know. Um, but anyway, so Val Kilmer has all this footage and it's just going through his life. And I just think this is probably one of the most pure hearted uh, warmthy type of documentaries I've seen in a long time. Just a feel-good doc. Yeah, I really felt like it was ethereal. Like, I'm literally walking through the ether about Comer's life, and especially because of the way he narrates all of his videos. Like, he's just goofing around, but he's he's putting dialogue into all of his videos in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just... I'm goofing around recording and it makes just for such a beautiful tone throughout this documentary. Yeah. And I absolutely loved uh, that. He got his son, Jack to do the voiceover as, as Val. I thought that was super sweet too. At first I was like, ah, man, they just got some regular narrator. It's not Val. Uh, Obviously he has an, uh, you know, a reason to not narrate and that's okay. But, uh, but then I realized it was his son. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's yeah. <laughs> Fonny goes, at the beginning of the movie, Fonny was like, "Who, who's narrating this? Like, that's not Val Kilmer. And I said, no, I bet you 100% it's like Val's son or someone really close to him. And then it pops up, Jack, Val's yeah, son. And I was exactly. like, oh, yeah, I figured I figured that was probably the case. Well, you got to have something connection there, right? You don't want yeah, just some exactly. like random, like I would have been, it would have been really fun to have like Tom Cruise narrating it or Sean Penn or someone that Val worked with a lot, but uh, you know, like having it as his son, it makes it a very special, um, just a very special thing for them. It's intimate. It's it's a very intimate documentary. Now, if there's any downsides to this documentary, it's the fact that there's uh, no, it it is, it is, it is Val Kilmer from Val Kilmer standpoint. There is uh, anything that may be construed as bad is not really in there. Like this is supposed to be a feel good. Let's go through Val's life uh, and show you this. Like even like talking about how Val was said to be a um, hard uh, actor to work with. The perfectionist. It, the perfectionist. It wasn't really discussed in detail, which, you know what, in this documentary, the, the way that this documentary is played out i don't uh-huh. need that yeah now, does that make sense it didn't ever feel like an expose on Velcom or something it felt like a hey i'm just trying to tell you one story like in the beginning he's like yeah. i've always wanted to tell a story of an actor and and now i've got the ability to tell you the story of me as an actor with mm-hmm. this story and so he got to tell his story which i I didn't need anything more from that. If they want to go and do an expose on Val Kilmer and his life, they can do that in something else. This didn't feel like it needed to be that, which was really, again, I'm going to use the word again. Nice. It was just a really nice time. Yeah. Well, what, what also, I like that it flips the script on kind of uh, this generation, because honestly, uh, instead of it being like, Oh, he's a perfectionist, he's a perfectionist. And I don't know, it's, it's a kind of a negative light, right? Well, he he flips it around and he shows you that he simply cares about the craft and the way that the story is told. And yes. uh, just like Iceman in um, in uh, Top Gun, he the, the character was there wasn't a lot to him on paper. And so what did he do? He developed the character himself because he needed to give that character proper motivation and something for him to work with as well and if you notice like 
he talks about how he seeks approval from his parents, right? Uh, in, in multiple parts of this documentary. Yes. And that's exactly what he put into Iceman, the approval from his father. And he talks about the approval from his mother as well. But there's another role that he kind of, I believe, used those emotions for. And I think that's why he's an amazing actor. Right. I uh, did. I did love that about uh, Iceman that you bring that up. I did really like the the that he was talking like Iceman was just a few words on the script and there was no real personality <laughs> to him. So yeah. I, I added this. I added this backstory. And then it really does shine through. Uh through his acting like he just does a really good job of giving you everything i mean look at look at doc holiday look at what he put into doc holiday and tombstone um mm-hmm. you know it is really cool like i love the scene later on in the movie where he's in the town where they film tombstone and there there has that whole crowd of people watching tombstone on the big screen outside and he's you know signing signatures for them and he just goes and reflects while the movie's going it's just really i don't know he's he's a very reflective man and I think I really like that. Like he comes off eccentric, but in the best type of way. Yeah. And I think it just, again, um, like it's flipping the script on this generation because it was, it's okay to care people. It's okay to put your efforts and try and, you know, like it, cause now it's like, like everything's gotta be like, Oh, I just threw that track out. That just came out so natural to me. And like, yeah. What up chest thumping, uh, self praise type stuff. And it's like, no, like, I'm going to put every ounce of me into my work and because this is passion. And that's what I love the most about Val Kilmer, especially having watched this. But also because my favorite film of uh, Val Kilmer is actually not the Batman's. Uh, He's he's actually, unfortunately, it's not my favorite Batman, Uh, but uh, The Saint. Oh, The Saint is fantastic. Right. And, and, And it's the same reason why he took the role and it's uh, and why he turned down another Batman was because he got to play like 10 roles in one. And I and he plays all of his little uh, aliases to a T. And even my favorite one is actually like the goofy scientist at the end. And that's my favorite one. And uh, I just love that that movie so much. And not I mean, the plot the plot is is pretty ding decent, but it but it's really those characters that made that movie pop. Well, I mean, look, you got to look at his IMDb list if you know if you don't really mean he talks about Top Secret, which is a silly movie that he he did because it was his first movie. Mm-hmm. But then he goes into like Real Genius, and then Top Gun, oh, and I then, love Real Genius, and then Willow, right? Right? Dude. Like, oh. My favorite thing about this was that, you know, Matt Mortigan, right? You know, I, I'm a small, small person, uh, positivity guy, right? But we, uh, the story behind why he took Willow, essentially, and the complications uh, his father essentially put on him, uh, wanting to be a land baron, was so beautiful that essentially because his dad had made a whole bunch of show companies under his name, he had to write a check for everything that he was worth. Uh, to get out of that or the other option was sue his dad uh but essentially he had to get back to work and uh be, and start making money again and that's why we got willow right and that's but, why we got mad mortigan and and i love it i love it he he talks about how when he was filming uh it was either real genius or top secret he was in london 
and yeah he had went and watched this play and this there was a girl up on a woman up on stage and he kept going for her and he saw the play like 20 something times yes and never went up to her he, he followed her once to a bar this is i thought was funny a little creepy <laughs> and he followed her to a bar and he never got the courage to talk to her and then she ended up being in willow right and, 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 then they, and then they got married and fell why, in love and had two yes. kids. And it's just, it was such a sweet story. And like, eventually. The dark they do- Princess. Oh my God. Well, I don't know if that's her name in that movie, but yeah, I'm just like mind blown, especially because I, you know, I love the movie Willow. Uh-huh. And I believe he said it was Batman Forever was a test on their relationship and, and or not Batman. Was it, which one was a test on the relationship? Uh, anyway. I, it was, uh, I think it was the doors. Oh, it was the doors. Yeah. The doors was a test on the Cause he played the as Morrison and the music. Yeah. He, but he, he was also in character playing and drove her crazy, <laughs> but, um, they divorced in 96. Right. And, it, and you could, you could probably attribute all of it to the fact that he puts himself into his, uh, into his characters. Yes. Um, but it seems like later on in the movie, you see her there when his mother died, she shows up. And they all go on a trip together. So obviously they're they're still civil and nice and maybe have a friendship towards each other. Yeah, uh, I, don't, like she, I just think it's the craft that gets in the way. I don't think that they don't, don't love each other. You know, oh, yeah, I, know I agree. it's just I can't do this anymore. But, um, you know, like you got a little bit of like you got more of Jack than you got of Mercedes. These are his son and his daughter. Um, but yeah. I did love. Oh, my God. I love the fact that Mercedes lives right next door to him. Like he calls oh, yeah. her and he's like, she's like, Hey, I'm picking you up. And, and she's like, okay, I'm, I'm excited to meet you. And then they, they show them coming out of doors separately next to each other. And these little, uh, like a oh, duplex type yeah. place. And he lives in New Mexico and he's, you know, you see him and he's, he's wearing the, um, native American necklaces and bracelets yes. and very much the New Mexico, uh, vibe. native vibe. And, um, you saw that his mom was kind of like that as well. His mom was from Sweden. Yes. Sweden. Um, well, she was Swedish. I don't know if she was from there, but yeah, she is Swedish. But that was really nice to have that whole like background thing. He talks, he just, he's just, yeah. he has a love for everyone in his family, his mom, his dad, even though his dad screwed him over a bunch. He's still, and even the people he worked with. Yeah. He just has a deep respect for everyone. I love seeing old footage from back in the day of Top Gun and seeing yes. like Tom Cruise, seeing when he was doing the play, Sean Penn, a young, a young Sean Penn. Um, uh, I can't remember the other actor that was there that I was. Oh, like, it was Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah, Ke- young Kevin Bacon, young Sean Penn. They both moon the camera. <laughs> it's like there's a moon in the air tonight, yeah. or something like that. And that's just something that we well, would do on people's cameras back then because the internet wasn't around. You yet. didn't think about Instagram. These Facebook going live. You're you're you do something goofy on a camera and that's in someone's private stash, right? Like right. now I like me these days, like typically if you see me with my camera out, it's going straight to my can my camera roll. I'm not putting that on on my gram or my Facebook. Unless I ask that's for me. And I mean, I might not ask, but like it's gonna be like uh like it's because I really, really wanted to share that if if I posted it. And, uh, but also, yeah, like I want those memories to be for me. I have a terrible memory, so I might capture it. But also when I film something, I don't look through my camera. I like hope I look from the side. Like if you remember at the concert, like uh, I was like, I had my camera out 
but I was watching this show with my eyes and I was just hoping that my camera got it too. Well, it's also <laughs> why I've gotten away from having my phone out during concerts and filming. I just take a quick picture or two, maybe one song that I really like, but the rest of the time I try to be there in the experience. Finally gets kind of mad at me sometimes because I don't take enough pictures or videos. Yes. But like it's because I'm in the experience. Like if my kid's yes. dancing there, I want to be part of that. I don't want to be part of the video, the filming on my phone. Like it's funny to watch later, but like I don't really go back and watch. I don't even know why I take pictures at concerts. Yeah. Because I don't ever go back and listen to these things. Like I'd rather just go and listen to the song on the radio yeah. or on the well, Spotify. I did, or um, so when ACDC came into town, right? I, I uh you know we pre-gamed a lot and uh but it was also like, uh, you know, like watching Living Legends, right? right. And uh, right before Brian Johnson got pulled for almost losing his hearing. And I was just so enamored with the thought that, for one, I had caught that on video. But for one, I didn't take my eyes off of them. I But I still caught a whole bunch of amazing moments. And then on top of that, uh, there was an amazing uh, Angus uh, solo where they actually rise him up from the stage. Like, I want to say like two stories high. For everyone to be able to see him and then they lower him back down and they continue playing and it's just amazing but like something like that it was just like because of the way i guess i document stuff it was just like such a great stroke of luck but but yeah like you don't really see those posted anywhere they're for me and that that's something that i loved about val Kilmer's style but you know what my favorite moment was uh, you were talking about the top gun stuff but when, you know, he's goofing off and he's like, we need more beer, more wine, and less Tom Cruise. <laughs> and, and, and I love that they, you know, uh, because of the characters, they would banter. But, and you would think, you know, and there's so many instances, instances like this when you're young and you think, oh, those people must really hate each other in real life. But it's like, no, they needed those emotions and interactions to be able to put those into their characters. Right, like Tom Cruise and his crew were one love click. Each other. Yeah, but they were one click. And Val Kilmer and his boys were the other clique and they all yeah. hung out separately to have that animosity towards each other on the screen. Yeah. I and mean, it just, yeah. it makes sense. I also really, Val seems, the greatest thing about this is Val comes off very much a humble man when it comes to acting. Yeah. And um, what he's very wise, especially when he's young, um, is the whole thing where like he gets that play and mm -hmm. he's supposed to be the lead but then they get Kevin Bacon and they ask him to take yeah. second lead. And he's like, okay, cool. And then they get Sean Penn and they ask him to be third lead. And he's still like, yeah. okay, it sucks. It didn't feel good, but oh. he still was humbled by the experience of being able to, and it did bring him to be able to do the movies that he did. Yeah. You so, said uh, going from being the lead to being the butt of every joke. Oh man. But Oh gosh, what I absolutely, I keep, there's things I find about this documentary that I love on top. They just pile, but like yeah. Val would film himself as different characters from different movies and yes. send these off to directors to show up. And like, they didn't always work, but that's how he got the doors. Yeah. He was like, exactly. I have to be Jim Morrison. And so he filmed a bunch of stuff as himself as Jim Morrison and they hired him. Like that's Failure how he got is it. Is not an option in this case. Yes, he was like, I have to play him. And and of course, you know, now when you, it's so funny because in my brain now, when I think of Jim Morrison, I do see Val Kilmer's Jim Morrison, right? Like even yes, though, the the cover of the movie, right? Like right. It's, it's exactly, it was everywhere. That's that's exactly. I mean, the longest time I thought that was Jim Morrison, <laughs> and then I saw a poster, and I was like, wait a minute, do they like 
have a bad printer or something because they do look a lot alike. They do. They're very similar in the movie. They do a very good job. So it's just cool. And uh, also the similarities, <laughs> although it's a lot of practical effect between him and Mark Twain. Oh, when he gosh. did that. That, that was awesome. was beautiful. And I was just I was telling Fani, I was like, I feel just so bad for him because he yeah. took three years of his life to play Mark Twain on the stage show just so he could make enough money to do the Mark Twain movie he's always wanted to do. And then, of yes. course, two years into it, that's when he gets uh, throat cancer. But right. that whole thing was great. I had no clue that Val Kilmer was going around doing the stage show that Mark Twain did back in the day as the first stand-up comedian. And so... Yeah, that, that was really cool to me to have that. Um, and I just I did. I loved like the little stuff we got. Of course, we saw him and, and, you know, he talks about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He talks about Wonderland. He talks about some of these, you know, movies that we all uh, love him from. From back I would have loved day. to have seen just the slightest Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot. Yeah, that would have been fun. That would have been yeah. really fun. But, you know, it, all of this was kind of the lead up to where he is now, I think. Um, yeah yeah so anyway just you know like i guess when it comes down to it it's just he did he he lived a really good life and he's still living Mm -hmm. his life and he took he basically did exactly what you're supposed to do he took the lemons and turned them into lemonade did you You did you have a moment like because you know he obviously has to plug his throat uh to to speak right but Uh but it's it's so weird because his energy was such that even though, you know, obviously my, my ears could hear what I, what I heard. Right. But, um, you know, his speech pattern and everything, it was almost like I couldn't even hear his different voice. Like I could still hear him speaking. Like, I don't know. It was cool. Like just his mannerisms and everything. He hasn't like missed a beat. Yeah. You know, his sound, but he, his personality is still there. It's just that, you know, he's a little bit out of breath because he has to choose between, you know, speaking and breathing essentially, you know? Right. It's, you know, it's sad to see him that way, but yeah, again, he's turned lemons into lemonade and he's done a really good job of just living life. Like I love, like I watched him doing his art and I was like, man, I kind of want some of that hanging in my house. Absolutely. I got to go out to a studio in New Mexico and go check out what art he's putting out there. Cause him making a studio space for people to be at and be artists. That's so cool. Like, yeah, he's actually contributing to the, the artist's realm. Yeah. Not, not just taking just not a, not a selfish guy, which he comes off very like, again, humble and, and just happy to be where he is in life and happy to have had what he did. And of course he says that he's sad that he hasn't gotten to fulfill everything he's was wanting to fulfill in his acting career. But, but I don't think, I don't think anybody ever gets to fulfill what they feel like they need to do in life. And, yeah, and so, you know, it was just a really, it was just a really good solid hour and 45 minutes to watch a, a beautiful documentary about who I now think of as a very beautiful man. Um, yeah. And and I never really thought about Vel Kilmer that way. And so I'm so glad to have this documentary. I'm so glad to have watched it. Uh, it is something that I think I would watch uh, a few more times just because, you know, maybe every few years I watch it just because it's just a good reminder of who Val Kilmer is and how really even in acting in life, just how you should be like, dude, you could get thrown the, the, the crappiest of things at you and still make a good life out of it. Yeah. And I really feel like that's a, a mindset that was like left behind in the 80s slash early 90s. Yeah. Uh, like after 95, it was just like, all right, let's all be dark. Let's all just vent our sadness <laughs> into our rock and roll and our music and 
Um, let's all pretend like we don't care, even though we do. Uh, so that way it seems like it's a natural flowing thing. And it's like, no, you know, like if you like something and love it, try and care and get emotional about it. Um, uh, I, I just, it just, you know, get back to the eighties. <laughs> I mean, we, we have to go back, Marty. This definitely made me want to go and do a, a Val Kilmer watch, like pick some of like the top 10 best Val Kilmer films and rewatch, yes. maybe see some of the ones I didn't see because I'm looking here. It is, um, at his so list I, of I'm movies. definitely going to be watching, um, the real geniuses, um, Willow, but that'll just happen anyways. Uh, <laughs> I got to rewatch Willow just because of the, the series coming out. The yeah, Disney exactly. Plus yeah. I'm so excited. I wonder if he'll make an appearance, just even if it's a, a brief cameo where he's, you know, maybe some sullen uh, yeah. know, character. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just, just to see him, but would be great. Uh, what else, what else would I watch of his uh, heat? I would. Uh, Heat's I, coming I, out in 4k. So I'm, I'm pretty uh, ready to get that. I'm going to pick that up when it comes out. I used to love that movie back in the day. I mean, it was just uh, when they're running, when they're on the run and right before his death in that movie. Oh my God. It's just so intense. And I feel like uh, so many movies have been trying to chase down that level of action uh-huh. or, or, uh, you know, emulate it and make it better ever since that movie came out. Did you ever um, see, did you ever see Wonderland? No, no, I didn't see that one. You know, I gotta see Wonderland where he plays uh porn star John Holmes. So it's a very good movie. Like cool. very, very good movie. Well, was it uh, I don't know uh anything about John Holmes. Was uh, was he a troubled individual? Was he yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, that's cool. Yeah, he, oh that's awesome. It's like a, it's about like a crime that happens and he's at the center of the crime. Oh uh, man, it, it's really good, really, really good. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it was as huge, but I mean, he. I think people were talking Oscar buzz for him, and it just never happened. But it's got like huh. a, it's got Christina Applegate, Kate Bosworth, Lisa Kudrow, Carrie Fisher's wow. in it, Ma- Michael Pitt, Dylan McDermott. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's a huge cast. It's really good. You you got to see it. It's really really good. Yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna put that on there. Um, but yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, of course, has to be on that watch as well with Robert Downey Jr. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, but anyway, let's. You know what? Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I say it's uh it's a must watch just for anyone that's uh, documentary, anyone that's uh, Val Kilmer fan. If you've ever seen any of his movies, it's worth a watch. I think it's a. I think it's a good, a good. If you have Amazon, everyone has Amazon Prime nowadays. Just go yeah. pop it on. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh... And I, I wasn't going to like be like, oh, must see or whatever, but like, which is why I love this podcast that we do, man. Um, you know, whether, whether or not we agree or the fans agree or disagree, uh, like it, it helps me process my emotions towards a, a project or a film or whatever. And um, like, honestly, if you uh, like Val Kilmer, I would say that this is a must see. Like you, you need to watch this if you were a Val Kilmer fan in any way, shape, or form. And I think it'll only make you like him even more. Yeah, and, and again, it, probably just a really good thing to watch on life lessons. If you're going through something hard, this might help you. Yeah, uh, not gonna lie. Pick me up, type of thing. Yeah, well, absolutely right. We're on to our next segment: uh, the always dragged, never. And I made this really hard. I this did. is super I, tough. I made oh this really God. hard because the movie is not about, it's not a, uh, it's a, you know, it's a documentary. So instead of it being a movie that has actors in it, 
It does. So I kind of just picked three actors that he worked with. And so I picked Val Kilmer, Tom Cruise, and Christian Slater. And it, usually it's pretty easy-ish to do these. I, kind of hard, but kind of easy-ish. No. This one's, this one's difficult for me because all three of these actors are powerhouses of their time and perhaps even today. Well, I mean, you've got you've got Christian Slater doing yeah. uh, Mr. Robot, which is a fantastic show. Uh, yeah. And then there was that movie I always referenced, Very Bad Things. Very Bad Things. I mean, you got a ton of movies. Uh, Robin Slater. Hood, Prince of Thieves. Let's even go back to um, The Wizard, you know? Oh, yeah. The Wizard. This then, is ridiculous. Then you've got Tom Cruise, who is still today making powerhouse movies that I absolutely love. The Mission Impossible films. And, yep. And then you've got Val Kilmer, and, business, and, you yeah. know, like his whole back catalog is just oh is great. God. So to do this is a very, it's a very hard one. And I, I purposely made it hard so that we both had to think about it. And, um, Dude, and, and of course, you know, the nice thing about this is that we don't have to follow it through and never always. And, yeah, exactly. The, the consequences drag to, so the consequences <laughs> aren't really there, but in, yeah. in a mind game in a, in a, in a theory type of way, um, which we love because we used to always do the inappropriate version of this game all the time. And it would yeah. be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is really cool to tickle our, our movie knowledge with this game. Okay. I think I got it. Okay. Uh, I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. I, hate um, it, yeah. <laughs> I am always going to go see a Tom Cruise film because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super psyched for the next two mission Impossible films. Uh, I pretty much like everything he does. And I know that people, there are people out there who don't really like Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. I'm going to always go see his movies. Drag to... Uh, this is a tough one, man. Because it's separate men from the boys. Drag to Val Kilmer because he is the better actor. And then never see a Christian Slater film. Oh. Uh, and that was, it was such a close, it was because Val Kilmer really gets into his roles and does them well that I picked it over Christian Slater, but I do love some Christian Slater. Right. Like broken arrow. Do you yeah. remember that one? Oh, yeah. oh my God. Man. And I almost put in Kevin Bacon instead of Christian Slater. And that would have maybe even made it harder for me because that would have been way harder. But I, I just, I need mean, a little bit easier. Just a little. Can you imagine easier. if you put Sean Penn? I thought about it. I thought oh. about it. That was. Oh. It, I tried to like, like a, a, a punch to the arm. Like, why did you do that? That was yeah. tough. No, it, but, I'm still having a hard time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's even it's, with these actors. I'm just like oh. always Tom Cruise. Yeah, dragged to Val Kilmer, never to Christian Slater, and I hate saying it. Uh, I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. Christian I, yeah. Slater, if you're listening, I'm so sorry because I do love your movies. Yeah, and, and uh, so okay, <laughs> okay. So obviously Tom Cruise wins, and and I again like just like you said, like uh, I, I love you know I love Tom Cruise. I separate artists from the their work from their personal life. Um, you know, unfortunately, when you're dedicated to the craft, uh, it's going to put your priorities out of black and it's going to strain relationships and people are going to have weird opinions of you. So, um, but regardless of which I respect the body of work that that guy's put out and it, it's, you know, still, still being played out today. So Tom Cruise gets always honest also because he has earned it. He has truly earned it. Does his own stunts. I mean, what what else do I have to say? Right, right. Uh, um, I 
So, <laughs> so the thing is, okay, so I'm trying to think of my perspective back in the day. And to be perfectly honest, I felt like uh, while Val Kilmer, I believe is truly more skilled, uh, Christian Slater was more popular. Uh, he had uh, he had more movies that I watched, um, except you know if you were to exclude Batman, um, of which Val Kilmer unfortunately is I think he's like second to last, and I think unfortunately the reason why is now explained to me in this documentary with the difficulties he had in his suit, uh, which I feel like were way beyond the difficulties of Christian Slater's suit. But anyways. Uh, God, I'm gonna say drag the Christian Slater, and never see about Kilmer. That's fair. It's fair to have that. It's a hard. It was a hard decision. I Super hate. hard decision. <laughs> Super hard decision, especially since the fact that Christian Slater is still essentially making stuff that you could see later, where uh, Val Kilmer is now, and commercials too, right? Like he's he's still everywhere. You yeah. Know? I mean, I think I think there still could be a Christian Slater reconnaissance. I think that he can still make a comeback, kind of like Kevin Bacon made a little comeback. Kevin, you know, like Brendan Fraser's making a little comeback. Yeah. So. Oh my God, I'm so excited! We'll, we'll talk oh, more me. about that later. We'll talk more about that later. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk okay. more about <laughs> Fraser later. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Let's hear a word from our sponsor. All right. All right, passengers, we're back for the birthdays and the news. Uh, hey. So let's, you know, let's talk about some birthdays. Let's do about uh, seven different birthdays. Um, yeah. August 15th, we have one of my favorite actors, Ben Affleck. Um, yeah. I got to give it to Ben Affleck, man. He's, I know it's not everybody's uh, uh, thought process, but I do love his Batman. I'm very excited, especially after Snyder's cut um, of yeah. Justice League. I'm just super excited to see more. Um, and, and we'll get more into that later again, because there's more news on that stuff, but, um, Ben Affleck can, ju- he just, he puts himself into his roles and I think he does a really good job and maybe not always the best actor in a movie. Uh, he, he still comes through, I'd say 90% of the time for me. Absolutely. I mean, really his, um, chops it like, it were, as it were, like really, if you were to say like, oh, in any of his aunt acting really comes from like what the first 10 years of his career. Yeah. And like, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have, I mean, he was in, I forgot he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. And they dubbed his lines. Uh, Yeah. But the, uh, but you know, after Dazed and Confused and um, uh, like Mall Rats. Yeah. You know, like he has just gone up and up and up and up. And yeah, like I, I didn't like, uh, his Batman at first. I loved his Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he is Bruce Wayne is literally cool. as if anybody could have plucked the animated series character and then brought him into real life. You truly get Ben Affleck. Yeah, like it's like it's uncanny. And Affleck- uh, but then the Snyderverse cut came out, and holy guacamole it just i like yeah now i love that but well it just gives him uh, it gave him more depth right exactly. like it just gave him more depth as a character and as a, anyway it was yeah it was not the just the depressive batman it's i'm fighting i i care and i might not be the best leader in the room right you know he's the he's the best strategist you know but uh 
but he knows that there are, are people more equipped to lead than him. Right. And right. I, I just love that. He's yeah. So Affleck man just does it. I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, Affleck and, and Damon back together again in that, that new movie coming out, the last duel. Mm-hmm. Very and, and I, I mean, let's, I mean, he has so many movies that I would go back and watch like right now, you know, obviously Mall Rats and Chasing Amy, Armageddon, uh, and oh, 200 Cigarettes, which I don't know if you've seen it, but you gotta, you gotta watch that one. Uh, it's been a very long time. Gosh, Dogma, man. Oh, Dogma. That's one of those movies that I always want to go back and rewatch, but it's hard to find uh, just because it's owned by Miramax and Kevin Smith refuses to give any money to Miramax for it. Do you not, do you mean like going back and finding like a 4k or something like that? I mean, they'll never do it because he's, he's not going to buy it back from Miramax. He doesn't want to. Yeah. Oh, I, I still no, have my DVDs. No, I probably, I think I still have my DVD somewhere. <laughs> I'm just saying like finding it now on streaming or anything like that. Oh like yeah. One you're not going to find because it is straight up owned by them and he won't pay uh, Weinstein any money, man, which is fair. I think it's a totally fair thing. Um, yeah. August 16th, we have another, uh, very good actor, Steve Carell. Oh yeah. Of course my mind goes to the office, but other than the office, crazy, stupid love. Yeah. That's where mine goes. Crazy, stupid love. It's literally like if I'm doing nothing, uh, that's probably one of the top movies that I'll put on while I like watch dishes or if I'm just sitting there you know, and I'm just like, ah, what am, you know, I can't pick anything. It's like crazy, stupid love. Every actor in that movie or something. brings it. Yeah. Like, that movie is just so good. But Steve Carell, man, he's just, he's a good actor. And I, you know, another thing is when I watch Steve Carell, it reminds me of my dad, which is funny. Yeah. They've got kind of similar, <laughs> but I also see Robert De Niro. I also see my dad, Robert De Niro sometimes. So it's like, you know, you got a little. Yeah. Little yeah you and me both, man. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I do like Steve Carell a lot. Of You know, we've got, so many seasons of the office that we get a funny Steve Carell, just super funny. Oh yeah. Um, August 17th. I, it was hard because there's a bunch of actors on the list. I picked Sean Penn because he worked with Val Kilmer. Uh-huh. Uh, Sean Penn, man. I, I, I saw mystic river yeah. when I was living in Abilene and that movie made me cry for like hours after seeing it, it hit me in the gut in the heart and i just didn't know how to process the feelings i was feeling after watching that movie uh <laughs> yeah. but sean penn is a brilliant actor of course you've got um fast times at ridgemont high where he's playing spicoli but then yeah. you, you get so you get one end of the crazy <laughs> spectrum and then you get him in mystic river and then you get him in every other freaking i am sam like all these- oh, that's my one of my favorite roles he's ever done sean penn is just a brilliant actor um He's one of those actors you don't hear a lot about in like media. Right. And and so my Which is thought, a tough a tough thing to pull off. Right. But he also like because of his movies, he just seems like he'd be like this really intense ace hole that you don't, yeah. maybe don't want to be around. But then like I don't even like in the in the Val Kilmer documentary when you see him in the play, yeah, he's just like chilling in the back, he still kind of seems like an intense ace hole. But uh, you know, another one that again he brings his intensity to his character it's chill but it's intense because his dedication to photography but the secret life of walter mitty oh my god that's right he was he was in that yeah and i'm just like oh my god man and he he just looks the part he plays it so well 
Oh my god! I just I, I love that movie. That movie is one of my favorite Ben Stiller films. So absolutely, it's, it's probably the best. It's like as far as like not include like being like oh don't make so many funny movies. No, yeah, like that was all his, around. Yeah, that was movie. just a really good. It was a feel good movie too. So a really good movie. Um, after Sean Penn, August eighteenth, another Val Kilmer player, Christian Slater. <laughs> we talked about Christian Slater more in depth earlier in the in the never always drag to um you know he's uh, from my very earliest memories of christian slater you know the wizard and um his sister played supergirl helen slater um like in the movie supergirl back in the 80s or whatever i I didn't see it so i was thinking melissa benoist is his sister oh well (laughs) well 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 in supergirl um the the earth mom of Supergirl is Helen Slater who that's played awesome. Supergirl in the 80s so that's there's that Christian so Slater's sister cool yeah I love those little easter eggs just kind of like how the father was played by um Dean Kane, right yeah so. oh that was so rad uh because did you watch the 90s Superman not right like, oh, of course the adventures uh, of Superman and Lo- or Lois and Superman or whatever yeah oh it's so great yeah um or Lois and Clark I don't remember what it was called yeah yeah I think it was Lois and Clark. Yeah, Lois like and Clark. Because the new one is Lois and Superman, right? Yeah, the new yeah. One that's on CW. Yeah. I want to watch that. Anyway. And I can't say enough for very bad things. If you oh, want yes. to watch a messed up movie, uh, which that also has uh, Jeremy Piven in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, wasn't and that, um, wasn't the, wasn't happy in it. Um, yes. Yeah. John, John Favreau. Favreau. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the uh, I was just gonna say that I'm like, wait, is that another movie? because i'm mixing it up with uh another movie but anyways uh then uh the guy from bushwhack and home alone uh oh um danny daniel stern yes dan stern yeah yeah uh yeah he's he's also in that quartet or whatever i think it's no, it's more than that. It's Fire Guys or something like that. Anyways, but, but the yeah, movie's like great movie, Broken Arrow, which was a really fun '90s flick. With that John was really Travolta, cool, right? Yes, and yeah. uh, there, that's another just like full on like staple of the '90s. Oh yeah, where nukes were like a commonplace thing. Like where it was just always in politics now, so it's got to get a movie. And also, that was like the debut of like the Stealth Fighter, I believe right uh-huh. and yeah. and so like they were showcasing that all over them uh you know the cover and whatnot because that's what they drop it or would normally drop it from christian slater was a pilot of one of those in the beginning uh oh, man. oh my gosh so christian, christian slater's playing a voice in the army of the dead lost vegas series i saw that yeah uh but also like um you know mr robot robin hood uh-huh true romance uh, i want to see he plays little john right like, yeah or maybe little john jr or something in that i want to see uh the new series he's in dr death oh i don't know anything uh, about that it's it's a true story based on the guy in dallas uh that they called dr death um the guy pacey from dawson's creek i can't think of his name off the top oh, of my head right now okay jo- jonathan jonathan something anyway um uh, he he was killing people. Uh, Joshua Jackson, Joshua Jackson, Christian uh, yeah. Alec Baldwin. But he was, I guess, he was killing people uh, when he was doing surgery on them. Oh right! Oh, what is that? 
that's out already? Yeah, it's on Peacock. Oh, I need to watch it. Oh, that's why I haven't seen anything about it. I don't have Peacock. Yeah, I'll find a way to watch it. Um, Gotta let me fly, man. Yeah, but anyway, uh, after Christian Slater, <laughs> August 19th, we have Matthew Perry, who, of course, you'll know from Friends. From what? What show? Friends. Just kidding. Friends? Just... Yeah, you know Friends? <laughs> the big 10-season 10, 10 show that was on? Oh. Huh? Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Back, of course it, yeah. yeah. And I think back in the day, he might have been one of my favorites. Uh, oh, one of my favorite characters. And he's still, he still comes off as a really nice guy and, and someone to be around. But uh, yeah, I would like the whole nine and whole 10 yards. Yeah. That's, I love the whole nine yards. Uh, 10 yards is pretty funny. It's not uh, as it's good as the original. Wacky. Exactly. The first one, I'm like, oh man, that's like a legit, you know, mob movie comedy type thing. But uh, the, uh, Ten, they start getting a little bit more wacky and uh which is fun but i kind of wish they would go back to the the more serious tone with with comedy mixed in were you a fan of um was it was it you who was a fan of that movie where matthew perry becomes young again and becomes Zac again yeah nope, not a fan again. i don't know nope. what you're talking about at all you love <laughs> yeah. that movie, man. i love that movie yes, you used to talk about that you used to like, go that watch movie. it i was like i'm not gonna watch it and you're like no you gotta watch it i was like i'm not gonna watch it. i did watch it eventually but <laughs> nope nope never heard of such a thing why would you yeah. think that you know more? you just like those movies where they go back in time i think you were even a yeah fan time of travel is like the most 13 going on 30 in the world to me not gonna lie yep a guilty pleasure, guilty as charged. Like, I seriously, anything having to do with time travel, I am gonna eat it up. So, what was, what was 13 going on 30s thing? It was like, uh, th- uh, something, something and ready to mingle, thir- thir- 30 and thriving. And, uh, yeah, 30 and thriving, I think, was, was the thing. Uh, doesn't matter. Now we're just going way off topic. That, that's so that, that was like the mood that I'm like, oh, Mark Ruffalo is kind of lame, right? Like, yeah, because you uh, always the, thought he was just going to do yeah, those type the, of roles. Yeah, the uh, rom-com roles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've tried to shake off my uh, 90s monikers for that. Uh, anyways, uh, they're not so inclusive. So anyways, yeah. the uh, yeah. So then he comes and they say that he's going to play uh, the Hulk. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and I was like all upset. Like, why not Edward Norton? And darn it, Edward Norton, you know, come on, why can't you be cool like Robert Downey Jr. and take a lower pay for the first movie and then get it on the back end or something? Uh, but Ruffalo has grown on me. Well, I think uh, Ruffalo plays, I think Ruffalo can play better than Edward Norton can play. Well, and he looks like comic book character Bruce Banner. Yeah. Like the hair is perfect. Uh, yeah. Anyways, like when he had the longer hair. Uh, going so swirly. Off the Sorry. topic. Sorry, Matthew Thank Perry. Thank you. Reel me back in. Thank you. All right. Um, after Sorry, Matthew, Matthew Perry. August 20th, we have Amy Adams, who I think is one of our generation's best actresses. Um, did you watch Sharp Objects on HBO? Uh, me? She plays a journalist who has to go back to her hometown. She, used, she would cut herself. She cuts words into herself. Let me look at it. Oh man! Cover. If you have not watched it, you are missing out on one of the better uh, miniseries that have ever laid grace to HBO. I don't think I watched. It. It's brilliant, dude. It's it's pure. It's amazing. It's from the the it's from the person who wrote Gone Girl, uh, Gillian Flynn. I man, may have watched it, but I you know I was I was tired and I would fall asleep through like every episode. You need to, you need to watch it. You need to watch I need it. To go it's good. Amy Adams, I think, is amazing. I love her Lois Lane. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love I, her Lois Lane. They made her even better in the Snyder Cut. Everything, everyone was made better in the Snyder Cut. Uh, and recently she was in, uh, it's like a contact movie, Arrival, I believe. Oh, God, I love Arrival. I love that movie. Oh, Arrival. It's so good. Such a good movie. I didn't see uh, American Hustle, though. Was I didn't good? see it either. I didn't see it. Uh, okay. I, I didn't, it didn't look like the type of movie I really cared to watch. To be honest, it had a lot of good actors, but the plot didn't really grab me. Yeah. But yeah, I really like Amy Adams a lot. I think she's a great actress. And I still remember her from back in the day when she was in Smallville and she was the fat girl in the fat suit. And then she got a hold of some alien something and went skinny. And (laughs) I remember the Smallville episode. Uh, Uh, I, uh, I don't think I watched a lot of Smallville back in the day. Unfortunately, I, Dustin had the DVDs, and so on. Ah, uh, so you caught up in college. I caught it up. At, yeah, I caught up in college. Nice, exactly. Um, and Dustin, last but one of your cool roommates, man. Yeah, uh, was, if you listen, listen in, Missy buddy. I hope you're doing well. August twenty first, and congratulations on your wedding, Dustin. Yeah, uh, congratulations on that. Oh, way to go, man. Uh, August twenty first. Last but certainly not least, Hayden Panettiere. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Who's that? Who's that? Not a celebrity question mine at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Save the cheerleader, save the world. I'm obsessed with heroes. Um, that was just such an amazing story. And it, yeah. And uh, I love you, Beth Cooper. Scream four. Remember the Titans. She was a little girl and remember the Titans. That's right. She was. Uh, the coach's daughter, who was adorable. And she's like, hey, get here. <laughs> Listen to my dad. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was so great. Yeah, man. She, yeah, she's a great actress. Not really doing much now. I think the last thing I remember yeah, her being in was Nashville. Uh huh. Fonny was watching Nashville. And so that's where I saw her. But I, I wasn't really interested in the show at all because I didn't really care. But, um, yeah, man, Heroes is still one of my favorites. Uh, four seasons that weren't all good, but uh, enjoyable to watch through all four seasons. Oh, that's adorable. She was a voice in uh, Bugs Life. She was Dot. Oh, that's that's, that's adorable. One of my, I guess one one of my least favorite Pixar films. Yeah, but it was the beginning. It was. It was. <laughs> okay, happy birthday to do our celebrities. Yes, happy birthday. Without you, we would not be able to do what we do. So thank you. All right, let's get on to some news. I had no clue that Cameron Diaz was retired from acting. Me neither. In fact, I could swear I had seen her in something recently, but I probably just watched one of her movies. So (laughs) apparently she retired in 2018. She was on uh, Kevin Hart's podcast, I believe, Heart to Heart. Uh And she said she feels whole now that she has retired from acting. Cool. I'm glad she feels good about it. Yeah, good for her. Not a lot of people achieve that. If you could give me like a 20 year down the road mask sequel with Jim Carrey and pretend that the Jimmy Kennedy film didn't happen and bring back Cameron Diaz, I'd be happy. And I don't lie. I would love to see that Dorian Gray character come back to somehow. Yeah, he was a good character. He was great. Um, but yeah, cool. Good for Cameron Diaz. I just had no clue. That was, yeah, same. Was... I, I mean, uh, well, also, uh, I, I think it's shocking because the uh, escape is not going to be the same without it. You know, I mean, uh, she's she's an icon. She's an absolute uh, not not just like an acting icon. Uh, the, not that she's the, the 
most amazing actress in the world or anything like that, but she does bring it, right? Well, I just think uh, that I think that Cameron Diaz could do what Nicole Kidman is doing and just do a bunch of HBO shows. Oh, be, yeah. And be killing it. Absolutely. And and I think that, you know, the thing that happens in retirement, right? You hear so many complain about it. They, you know, that, oh, yeah, I was doing whatever the heck I wanted to do. Didn't have to do nothing. And then they get bored. And they're like, okay, I guess I'm going to go back to work now and, you know, be a Walmart greeter or something just to go do something, <laughs> not even to make money, just to go do something. So I hope that she does that and, and she maybe gives us those HBO shows. Well, or I, think the, like that. I think the older generation of actors and actresses need to, um, I guess we just call them actors now. Um, the old generation uh, of actors uh, really need to get it out of their heads that TV is underneath movies because TV is now, I think, sometimes a way better form than than uh, well, movies are. Now that you have um, streaming services and DVRs, it's a whole different game. Yeah. You know, um, because for me, I'm still not the guy. I mean, I'm, there are some things like Marvel series, like what if, like, uh, okay, I have to watch that, uh, Loki and whatnot. I have, I, I want to see it because I can't wait. You know, I'm just, I'm just dying for the next episode. But um, to be perfectly honest, like, you know, like I was just watching, we just finished Lost in my house, right? When it came out, it was on TV. It had commercials. There was no such thing as a DVR yet, I don't believe. Um, torrenting was still difficult, you know. And uh, anyways, uh, now you can binge it and keep the continuity and the context so much easier. Uh, and if you can do that with a show these days, I mean, you know me, like I was, we were talking about, I think it was the Snyder Cut, right? Being so freaking long or Endgame being so freaking long. But for me, I'm like, give it to me, man. I will sit there. I went, like, I'm going to be probably watching a couple movies back to back uh, anyways. So if you give me one that's so <sighs> long, I'm in. And yeah. so, uh, but TV completely blows that out of the water because you're going to be watching like five movies. Yeah. Back to back, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's let's move on. Okay. Uh, the Spawn reboot movie lands a new writer to spruce up Todd McFarlane's script. Damn, mixed uh, feelings here. Brian Tucker, who has only done a movie uh, called Broken City, has been tapped, and Todd is still on to be uh, his first time directorial debut for Spawn. Um, I am cautiously optimistic sure but uh yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see i i i hope that brian tucker can can spruce up the script enough to make spawn a main character and not just a background character yeah i i really hope that that's what happens with this um maybe some fresh blood some fresh eyes I mean, don't get me wrong. The detective portion of the of the comic and the animated series, uh, the HBO animated series, was so freaking amazing. Um, however, you know we have the we have that Spawn movie, dude. Like everybody wants to see that cape flying around. Everybody wants to see the cool weapons. Um, the only reason I'm gonna want something where the detective story is up front is uh, to stage a main character spawn movie right i agree right after that sure we'll see what happens uh it's been forever since we've been told we were getting a spawn reboot so uh did you you see broken city no i didn't say the same here now but it's uh it's got mark Wahlberg and kurt russell or russell crow kurt russell uh (laughs) he was in Val. 
I was uh, more interested when you said Kurt Russell and then he said Russell Crowe and I'm less interested. Yeah. yeah. I think that's also why I had the little Freudian, Freudian slip yeah. there. It's <laughs> more interested with Kurt Russell. I don't, I don't really care that much with Russell Crowe. No offense to yeah. Russell Crowe. He's just not, not my cup of tea. <laughs> Gladiator was my cup of tea about Absolutely. Russell Crowe. And then I'm just okay. Um, Venom, Let There Be Carnage has been delayed three weeks now. And there's a big old rumor going around that we might see a delay into the end of the year, if not next year. <laughs> I tried so hard, but you told me that because I was just infuriated, right? Uh, by that, that it could be pushed to 2022. Uh, that I was trying to find that uh, John Litzkow, uh portion of Orange County where he's like, if you do this, I will eat your face. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, three weeks isn't that bad, but if we delay it into like to 2022. 2022, I'll be annoyed just because it's like, give me the freaking movie. But I understand yeah. the yes. Delta variants getting uh, crazy traction and movie theaters may close again. But we'll the, the theaters don't have to close, just reduce capacity yeah. and put masks back on. Well, and like, here's uh, my two cents about reading. this. Here's my two cents about this. The 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 coronavirus is here to stay. Yeah, we There's tried be different it. variants of it. At this point, wear a mask, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. That's the biggest thing. Just go get vaccinated. There's yeah. no reason for you to not get vaccinated unless you literally will will die or get sick like really yeah. really really badly have like some reaction to it that could kill you yeah. but if you're if you're just sitting there oh, that's my free right and you haven't taken a second to google anything about this just that's google. the worst part is i've been in in long long-term arguments about this topic and then somebody spouts off some fact that they've been going off of this whole time apparently and they haven't googled anything that they're talking about right or they send you stuff that's just facebook stuff no science behind it no backing article send me an article send me an article, yeah, send me an article. anyway whatever we're not going to get on this basically just we don't have to shut anything <laughs> down we just have to get vaccinated and wear masks i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going because right. we'll just go off on a huge tangent and i don't want that okay. uh reports and rumors are saying that batgirl on hbo max it's a movie does take place within the snyderverse <laughs> i thought that when i yes. first heard that jk simmons was being looked at to play commissioner gordon yeah give me this give me this yeah, give me it, this. Was, it, was like, it was locked in right there restore the snyderverse just do it there, there's no point in not anymore uh we liked it so much that then the, the community of people liked it so much that we just want that back we don't want this new dc verse that you're doing that makes no sense it really, it really doesn't. It really doesn't make sense. <laughs> so yeah, thanks. Do appreciate nice. you, Snyder. <laughs> uh, and then just to end on a really nice note, mm. Brendan Fraser has a heartfelt thank you to his fans yes. as the world is happy to see him back in the spotlight. Of course, he's doing a Scorsese film coming out. He's got a Darren Aronofsky film coming out, which I'm very excited for. Um, he was just in No Sudden Moves. Like he's he's yes. coming back. He's in Doom Patrol. He's fantastic. Yes, we have missed you, Brendan Fraser. Welcome back. So it's really good to have a Brendan Fraser reconnaissance back here, and it's really nice because he just seems like the nicest guy. I can't wait to yeah, see him. Yeah, he just needs a break, man. I can't wait to see him at Fan Expo. Um, I'm very yeah. excited to see uh, him there. Imagine if we get to speak with him. 
we'll see the i got an email saying we won't know until three weeks until i don't care starts. i'm still keeping my fingers crossed man i gave I them even, a i gave them a long list of people we'd like to interview so they, uh, that's cool man but i uh still even to have the opportunity to stand in a waiting list to get approved yeah uh it, it, even that part was just i'm blown away that we are even at that stage right so you know um, it's really nice to see him back and it's really nice to see him appreciative. He was on a podcast and he, he actually shed tears as a thank you to his fans. I saw that. And I, I'm just so touched because, you know, that you, you think like, uh, oh, these people have had a career and, you know, they made their money or whatever. And you don't necessarily think about how attached they were to that career uh, and maybe how much that like uh, they associated that with their identity. Right. And you can see, you just see it pour out like yeah. that. And I just love that to, to be able to see that and to, you know, capture it for a second and just be like, yes, you know, yeah. uh, we, we've missed you. You missed us. And oh, let's get back to work. It's get awesome. Back to work. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, now we should get on to our next sponsor. All right. Hey, Mark, today's sponsor is Victor's Vivacious Vivid Jewelry. Victor's Vivacious Vivid Jewelry is a supplier of Val's Vivid necklaces and bracelets, right? That's what Victor claims. If our passengers call or walk into his store and say Victor's Vivacious Vivid Jewelry three times fast, then mention Pop Culture Elevator, he'll give them a free piece of jewelry with their purchase. Victor's Vivacious Vivid Jewelry. Victor's Vivacious Vivid Jewelry. Victor's Vivacious Vivid Jewelry. Dang, dude, that's not easy. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, Victor's Vivacious Vivid Jewelry. Thanks. Yay! All right, passengers, you know what time it is. It is time for the raw and uncut portion of our show, The Elevator Pitch, in which, if you've not joined us before, is a 30-second attempt to pitch a movie idea based on three random words given to us by our random word generator to a movie executive. And basically, this has been getting so tough because the words are so random now. Like, you know, we, I, it's, you know, it, sometimes we get really lucky and like it might fit the tone of our uh, show already or something like that. Uh, oh, my gosh. I just I love these because they can either be so great or so terrible. But in the end, it's still great fun. Uh, so, Danny, are you ready to take a ride? As much as uh, I'll ever be. <laughs> okay your three words are cup fur and help cup fur and help yeah okay cup fur and help hey mark yeah do you have any dick fur <laughs> sorry Since i, had to I was 13 yeah <laughs> Ooh, you went a different way with that what were you talking about you're supposed to say what's dick fur and then i'd say to pee with or something like that <laughs> oh what's a mouth troll a what <laughs> sorry the what's a the listerfine he's like what's oh. a mouth troll <laughs> what's what's up dog yeah there you go that's yeah <laughs> all right cup Got for, procrastinating now cup for yeah. help cup for help cup for Okay, it's a short film. Short film, one of those shorts that you might see in the Oscar shorts category, but probably not Oscar worthy at all. No, no, it's a short. (laughs) So this guy lives in an apartment alone. 
he always has his cup of water that he leaves at the bathroom sink because that's what he's going to drink in the middle of the night when he gets up to go to the bathroom or whatever. Mm. But one day he goes to drink from it and it's full of fur. Huh. Yeah, it's yeah. a cup full of fur. Doesn't understand why it's got fur in it because he washes this. You know, it's not like it just sits there. And it's like mold. It's like there's like a bunch of fur instead of water. He starts turning on all the faucets in his house and it's all fur coming out. Like all the water's turned to fur. Uh, and he finds out that the world's water supply has turned to fur. Oh, my God. And he has to go find help from a scientist or someone to figure out why this has happened because he's taken it upon himself to figure it out. The story is him trying to figure out why the world's supply has turned to fur and how to turn it back into water. Okay. That's it. That's my movie. Okay. Okay, I don't know how that would happen, but it's fascinating. <laughs> it could be played dramatic or it could be played comedic. Yeah, I, I like the idea of like maybe the guy being some sort of uh, schizophrenic or something like that. Oh, like maybe it isn't actually fur, yeah. but he's seeing it as fur in his head yes. and he's yes. going to people and, and they're driving him nuts. But instead of like them helping, they seem like they're actually helping him, but he sees it as helping but in their mind they're studying him yeah they're or they're trying to like get him help from a from a mental health facility that he doesn't realize he's in yeah look look we just fleshed this out it's like a it's like a better version of uh of that snyder film that i care uh death punch screw punch uh, oh the sucker punch sucker punch that way better version of that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so here, yeah, we just fleshed out an idea there. We we, we tag teamed on that. But yeah, yeah that, that's my. If y'all know any movie executives, y'all should just send them our pitches and just, just be like, yeah, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> yeah, there's my movie. That's it. So I like um, it. yeah, I think I think I'd probably watch at least a short film of that. I wouldn't maybe watch a whole movie of it, but a short a short film could work really well. Kind of like a 15, 20 minute short film. I, I had this idea that you might go like, oh, there's like a, a little uh, furry chihuahua uh, named Cuff and uh, he needs some help <laughs> or something like that. Look, but this was way better. Stupid chihuahuas. <laughs> Don't say that. Danielle, stop, stop hitting the radio. <laughs> I'm not a chihuahua fan, man, except for the Taco Bell chihuahua. I think they're adorable. I am just so afraid that I'll step on it. You know, like Yokiero Taco Bell. Yeah, and the and the barking. It's a lot of barking. And the shaking. The shaking's kind of cute because it's like, why are you so afraid? But really they're so tiny that they're cold all the time, I think. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I don't know. I just feel bad for chihuahuas. <laughs> they're just not my thing. They're not my jam. Yeah. They're cute, I guess, but they're not my jam. It's like a hairless cat. Mr. Bigglesworth. I like hairless cats. Oh, I love hairless cats. The Mexican hairless is so cool. The the black one uh, is, is, I think they look so cool. Oh, I like hairless cats. I just think that that chihuahua kind of reminds me of that in the look. (laughs) I see. Uh, My aunt, my my great aunt had a chihuahua. And so it's like, eh, just remember that. Uh, Little little fart of a dog. Was he he biting? He's a little fart of a dog. Yeah, that's what I can't say. I'm just like, dude. I wish they had like maybe like, you know, like a cool bark or something like that. Where it's really like you sound it. It's like bark, you know, or something, something like, I don't know. It's something I could listen to all the time would be be okay. But it's so high pitched. You know what? Look, 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 look. I have nothing really against chihuahuas. 
they're just sure. funny, funny little dogs that I don't vibe with. It's like, yeah, cats. it's just not my favorite breed. Yeah. I don't really vibe with cats, but I'm cool if you've got a cat and I'm cool if there's a cat around. Yeah. I used to not like cats at all. And my wife came with one, uh, Milton, coolest cat I've ever met. Um, playful and like, but normally all my stories growing up as a kid were, hi, kitty, club yep. face. Exactly. I you was know, getting clawed like, by cats. I've, I've had some pretty gnarly cuts from cats. Yeah. Cats and, uh, just, they, they're like, here, look at my belly. Come pet my belly. And I'm like, oh, dogs yeah. like it when you pet the belly and you go pet their belly and they scratch you. You're like, why the hell? Did you just set me up? Yeah. You yeah, just that, set me up, cat. Anyway. Yeah. Bait and switch, dude. Not cool. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Elevator. We love you, passengers. And remember, if you want to contact us, you can reach us at popcultureelevator at gmail.com, Instagram at popcultureelevator, Twitter at PCE Podcast, and our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash popcultureelevator. Thank you again for listening. We will see you next Wednesday.